on sorting memories, L. October 4th, 2022, Tuesday. It was strange wheeling the baby around in a stroller. There were more memories floating around my hometown than I had bargained on. Two decades have passed since the last time I wheeled a baby along those streets. First, my younger brother. Now, my older brother's son. We had a blast, the two of us. I took him to all my favorite babysitting haunts, Donaldson Park, Felton Road, South 8th. We strolled down the streets I remembered and some streets that I didn't, past where my mother's best friend used to live before she headed to Hawaii. One day we walked down the street where my first boyfriend, Adam, used to live. We passed his house on one side and Avery's on the other. Avery, my childhood friend. I stopped for a moment to look at the tree. I had climbed that tree on more than one occasion. I especially remembered that morning, the morning when I climbed high, 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 the morning after he told me he was leaving me for Avery. What butt faces teenage boys can be, to say nothing of the Averys of the world. For a couple of the days, my other younger brother's wife joined with their baby. We strolled to parks together. I'm surrounded by people with babies. I blinked and the week was over. I was utterly exhausted. Chasing a toddler eight hours a day is hard work. I don't understand how people do it full-time. I didn't have any downtime, because when I wasn't chasing toddlers, I was sorting memories. So many memories. Unsorted photos printed over the course of 20 years. My old CD collection. All my old piano music. My first wedding dress, my saris, and my jewelry from India. My camping equipment. Did it work? Had it gone bad? Was it worth the trouble of finding out? I kept the sleeping bag, the bike panniers, and the water purifying kit, plus the pots and pans. I got rid of the tent and the camp stove, which I remembered being flimsy and hard to use. I uncovered heartfelt thank you notes for unknown reasons from people I didn't even remember. I found every letter I'd ever received from every pen pal I'd ever had. I found tax returns for every single year starting in 2006. I found budgets, including lists of every penny I'd ever spent for entire years of my existence pay stubs, medical records, every essay I'd ever written in college. I kept them, of course. Someone could have taken on Shekhar's and my identity ten times over. I probably saw our social security numbers 150 times. Thank goodness my mother has a shredder. I shredded a lot of documents. I tried not to trash my parents' home. I sorted boxes, threw things out, sorted more, threw out more. Oh, but the books, the books, so many books. I kept my favorites. The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffenegger. Tucker Pfefferkorn, a prize for winning a cricket magazine writing contest. I kept a few more books and donated the rest, including hundreds of cricket magazines, spanning the decade or so that my sister and I had read them religiously. After the first pass through the dusty boxes, I asked for my mother's help. She obliged, merrily advising me to throw everything out. We managed to cut the memories in half. I threw out the CDs. They were all scratched if memory served me, and I hadn't missed them during their ten years' residency in my mother's attic. Plus, now I have Spotify. I threw out the letters, too. Well, I tried to. A week later, on recycling day, I called up my mother with a rescue plea. How crazy would it be to ask you to take the box of letters out of the recycling bin? Do you? really want them, she asked. I don't know. I just know I might regret it later. What if I regret throwing them out? 
She took them out and started reading off names on envelopes, friendships that had ended decades ago, far too many childhood crushes. In the end, we let them in the can. I had saved the best letters in my journals, after all. The journals. Oh, the journals. My journals are home. They are all in one place now, and with every breath I take, I feel more whole, more solid. I watched the baby. I sorted memories in the evening, and I ran my business during nap time. I saw Hazel for dinner at one of my favorite Thai restaurants in the universe. One day, I saw Oaken. He was driving in his car and pulled over when he noticed me and the baby. We were coming back from our 200th trip to the street corner, where the construction equipment was keeping my little prince of a nephew in rapt attention. Lorelai? Is that Lorelai? he asked. Oaken, I said, somehow recognizing him immediately, even though his worn, mustached face looks nothing like the one belonging to that adorable and de devious little boy that I knew a lifetime ago. We caught up on each other's lives politely, two grown-ups who only knew each other from childhood. We agreed that adulting is hard. I described my happiness palace to him and advised that he buy himself some stuffies. We weren't even friends when we were kids. He was friends with Sam and Isaac, and I was friends with his older brother Matt. Matt's in Columbia now, apparently. I have a sudden itch to buy a plane ticket and go find my other godbrother in South America. Mom was concerned about undue COVID exposure, so we ate dinner together outside, but the mosquitoes ate us alive. An awkward hug goodbye, and he was off. On Thursday, Sam and his family came over for dinner. Lizzie made it back early from New York City, and we all had a meal together. My brother and my sisters-in-law, my two nephews, my mother and me. Sam helped me load up the rental car with all the boxes. They just fit my wedding dress on top. Mom had wanted me to get rid of it. Outrageous. On Friday morning, I headed to Juliet's. I brought toys for Damaray and a stuffy for the baby. She kissed the boys goodbye, packed up her stuff, and hopped in the car. We headed north to Montreal with my boxes. Love, Lorelai.